This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When I go to Sacramento, I will pump up Sacramento. Sacramento, 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 Sacramento. Turner Sparks just got married and has moved home to America after 12 years living in China. Sir Michael Ira Kaplan has two kids, a wife, a job, and has spent his entire life in the USA. Neither one can figure their country out. This is Lost in America. Welcome to Lost in America, episode 51. My name's Turner Sparks. Pardon me, I'm taking a knee right now. Hold on, I'm protesting this podcast, I'm going to take a minute. Kaplan's doing this pod from a knee today. Yeah. Uh, You can find me- To protest your alt-white. Alt-white? Alt-white stylings. Alt-white's not a term. You can find me at at Turner B. Sparks on Twitter. You can find Kaplan at Cap. In America, on the podcast today, we have screenwriter Michael H. Weber making his third appearance. Yes, third time's a charm. Weber has two movies coming out in the next few, uh, the next month or so. He has Our Souls at Night with Jane Fonda and Robert Redford coming out September 29th on Netflix. Then he has December 1st, he has a disaster artist with James Franco directed. James Franco, Seth Rogen, Seth Rogen, all those guys, bunch of people. You know, you should see it. I guess we don't gotta gotta give Weber. Also, Weber needs the money. And Weber's a big Hollywood type. He's yeah. been to all these. Uh, he's been to all these um, uh, film festivals recently around the world. Yeah, so he's gonna, gonna talk about that. But he's gonna fill us in. He's gonna teach us. First, yes, we have an ins. We ha- what do you mean we have an ins? Someone insed us. A follower, a listener, a caller. We have someone. <laughs> an who insert. Inst- What's the word? An answer? An answer, yeah. Let's let's copyright that. We've been telling you guys for the last few weeks, if you answer us questions, we will play them on the pod. We have our very first Someone one. Someone finally called our bluff. Should we play it? Play it. Play the answer. Play the answer. Hey, this is Maya from New York. Um, I'm really disappointed. I was expecting those DNA results last time. Uh, I don't know what you guys are hiding, but if you don't release them this episode, I think you're going to have lost me as a listener. So let's get on with it. Wow. Whoa, 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 Maya, settle down. Whoa, slow your roll, I think the kids say, yeah, Maya. Okay, first of all, we I should probably edit these. We should probably l- listen to them before we just play them on the air. I know, immediately antagonistic. Yeah, I mean, we got to. I'm like Trump. I only want good news. I don't want. <laughs> I don't, want, don't bring me these complainers. 
Okay, well, here's the thing. We did. That is true. We we promised episode 50. Kaplan, you screwed the whole thing up. I, I'll take the fall here, but, you know, I think it was a team effort. But we go up together, go down together. We have them now. Fresh off the presses. We, yeah, we, are you we, ready? DNA results are in. Yeah, well, I've already brought, I already, like, had my family scandal. What more could I find out? Well, here, let's get ready. Let's start with you, Kaplan. We've been waiting for this since episode 40, I think. Cap, you start out. What are your results? What are, should I start asking Can you? Can I, well, let me tell you something. If you were wondering, I'm less than 1% West Middle East. You're less than what? <laughs> less than 1% West Middle East. That's the first, that's the I first didn't spoiler. Even, what is West Middle East? I don't know. Is <laughs> that Israel? <laughs> Wait, West Middle East. Yeah, that is Israel. So that lines up, right? So you're you're the West. Less than 1% Israeli. Right. But you want to, uh, do you want the drum roll? Do you want to questions? How do you want to do this? Um, I, let's go with what you are the least to what you are the most. Okay. Well, that's the least. And I'm basically, I'm just going to. I'm going to jump ahead and say I'm I'm uh, 94% Jewish diaspora, which is what they call it on this day. 90, so, okay, so you did means, not follow the uh, plan at all right, well, because, in going less to, because, least to most. Well, the reason I'm doing that is because it's a very boring answer because everything else is it's telling me that it's such trace amounts that I... I might it might not even be right. They don't it's have faith such in a their, small amount. There could be like air when they. There's do like six percent of air that they don't know. Wow. I okay. need I might need to go to another service to get more concrete results. I was gonna say this ninety nine dollar service. Yeah, but I was gonna tell you there's another thing that we got. We got our ancient origins, and I was gonna go le- less to most on this. Okay, what are For your, those? This is when wait. it goes all the way back to like further, further back to like thousands of generations to go back to this. Find out what we used to, where we come from. Okay. To explain it, I'll say this: I'm four percent non-European. It says so. Four percent of me was pre-Europe. Came okay. from came from somewhere. I guess Israel. I don't know. Middle East. <laughs> Proof that Israel had the Jews. Sure. Fourteen percent hunter gatherer, hey. which is huge news because I followers know that I uh, longtime followers might know that I'm a fan of the paleo diet. Mm-hmm. And the paleo diet is found in the belief. I actually uh, didn't even know that. Yeah. So. Well, I'm, they'd have to be very longtime followers. Yeah. So actually, it's before we had it. They're followers of me before podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> the prequel. I used to be on the paleo diet. I'm inspired. I think 14%. It's like what a pitcher bats in baseball. That's enough to play. Okay. So I'm going to start. I'm going to go back to my roots. I'm going to go back to the paleo diet. Okay. I'm a 20% metal age invader. <laughs> a what? I'm a 20% metal age invader. I don't know what that means. What's a metal age invader? I was invading. I don't know. I I, I could find, I did print out the page <laughs> that explains that. Okay. And I'm 62% farming stock. That's which, pretty good. Which you is, look like a farmer. Yeah, I can't grow anything. Every time I've ever tried to grow anything in my life, it's like a weed has sprouted. I've counted it. Oh, man. Teddy once came home from school with his little sunflower in our house. All we do is water it like a couple times a week, a little drop. Died? I killed that thing in like four days. <laughs> okay. I mean, I killed. So your ancestors would be disappointed with you. To yeah. Say the so least. I gotta return them at the soil. I go work in a kibbutz or something. I think that would combine them or. And All right. So and you, you though, you kind of blasted through that first part. So you're 94 percent Jew. I'm a Jew. I, so I think. Oh, okay. I think that yeah. Did I? Bl- I, I think that I achieved what I wanted to achieve out of this. I didn't get 100 percent, but I don't have any skeletons. So all your Jewish comedy still works. Yeah, I don't have any non-Jewish people. You know who you are. I don't need to name names. Yes. Types of. I don't have any of them have popped out of my DNA. Good. So I feel I feel confident. My comedy chops will survive. Nice. I might get another test because 94% would not fly. Saddam Hussein, you know Castro, they would not accept a 94% election result. They'd want no. a recount. Of course. So I might go back and try to get 99% uh, at a different service because I've heard I've heard family members who've gotten 99% Jew. And other services. So. Okay, we're using my DNA tests, right? Yeah. Family tree, my DNA. All right, maybe they want to sponsor the pod. Maybe. Should we get to me? Let's get to you because you know you. This are is a mystery. little interesting. Yes. So first of all, as we've well established, my brother got into college, 
Long time established. By claiming he was Native American. Mm -hmm. And my mom has always told us our entire lives that we're Native American. She's judging this off a picture she saw from her grandmother where her grandma had a tan in a black and white picture. Was he wearing it like a was a teepee or like a <laughs> I don't think you can wear a teepee. <laughs> wearing a what's you a, mean a feather? A feather? Yeah. <laughs> a headdress? Yeah. Yeah. We used to wear a headdress. That's when, the word. When we were a kid, when we were kids, we went to Indian Grinding Rock was like this like day trip you could take. My mom would always take us on a reservation. Explore our heritage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, oh, wow. So you would like, when you'd see the Native Americans, you'd be like, hey, we're okay. We got the handshake. Uh, yes. We, we, come ate, from... we ate so much corn when we were kids. Uh. My mom was like, this is hand chucked straight from the <laughs> tribe. people's food. Yeah. Did you have alcohol problems? Or is that? Oh, uh, yes. It runs in our family. Yeah, you blamed it on that? Yep. yep. Okay. Yeah. Um, we always had a, my mom's very pro uh, casino. Pro Indian casino. Oh, pro Indian casino. I yeah. thought you meant the movie casino. No. Did you take a knee on Thanksgiving? Yes. <laughs> we took a knee on Thanksgiving. Okay. We've done it all. Okay. So, at, these results came back. First of all, I'll just go through the list. Um, let's start with Chinese, because I wanted to be 100% yeah. Chinese. How much? Show me Chinese. Zero percent. Ding, ding, ding. All right. Top five. <laughs> Can I guess what else you are? Uh, well, let's let me uh, go through. Okay, zero percent Chinese, zero percent Asia Minor, which I don't know what that is. Zero mm, percent East Middle East, so I'm zero. Oh, I'm not a Jew. Not a Jew. Zero percent North African. I'm two percent East Middle East, just so you know. There you, there go. you go. Less than two percent. All right. Middle East. Um, zero percent West Middle East. North and Central American, which this would be. This is Native American. Yeah, that's where they are. Because they didn't go back. Even I mean, they, they came from somewhere, too, but that would be really far back. So Yeah, yeah so what, what, okay, so this is a big, what, because this is my whole brother's career. Well, on not this. only that, this is the entire podcast history. I met your brother at Syracuse. Yes, he wouldn't have got in if he I didn't wouldn't say, know you. We'd have no loss in America if your family was not Native American. What percentage so do you suggest? So show me 20%. 0%. Oh, you. We are 0%. Elizabeth Warren, you. Pocahontas situation. Oh, my God. That's the end. Do not tell Trump. Don't tell Trump. He's going to start tweeting at the State Department. This conversation (laughs) does not leave this podcast. Okay. No one share this episode. Don't don't share this with anybody at Breitbart. If you have any friends at Breitbart, which I'm sure all the listeners do, (laughs) do not share it with them. Okay. So 0% that. 0% Asian. Now let's get to the big one. European. This is white, white as you can get. Western European white bread. Your alt-white shops. (laughs) Alt-white. 99%. Whoa, you're even more European than I am Jew, is what you're telling me? (laughs) Yes. Show me white. 99%. So what's the other 1%? Is it just the same thing as me where it's like not even, it doesn't even show up? Less than 1% Finland. That's Europe? No. (laughs) Yes. With an asterisk that says this is such a small percentage it might be zero. How does Finland have their own designation? I don't know. I don't know. So then you go with it. If you want to break that down, forty-two percent of that is British Isles. So like, oh, this UK. is your European breakdown. I got yeah, you. European breakdown. Forty-two percent England. Uh huh. What's up? Shout out to my our yeah. British listeners. Twelve percent Scandinavian. Shout yeah, out. You're just mixing all the whitest things together. I know. Cong- and then forty-five percent West and Central Europe. So it's all it's all just variations where did, of where white. Where did your family come from, though? The parts that you always heard about that weren't Native American were they Scotland? Were they England? They were. They always they were, told us England. They always told us England. Okay, yeah. so that part checks out. That checks out. And then you could say the West and Central Europeans. That says like it says like French or Bel- yeah. Belgium or something. I got a little bone to pick with the service because they broke down your European break. 
background. Yeah, but you they just got Jew? They just gave me Jew. Like, <laughs> they just said Jewish diaspora. Like it doesn't say like Brooklyn. Because like not to get part not to Jew. go too deep in the weeds, but I've I always talk about how I'm a Kohen, which is the most important Jew, like the holy yeah. tribe. I would like a breakdown to prove it. I mean, I'm, <laughs> I've been raising everyone that my son Teddy is going to one day be the. the this the uh, mydnatest.com is all all white. Oh yeah, they only break it down for the well, all white. We need a billion dollar idea. We need a real a Jew DNA test. There you go. <laughs> all right, well minority DNA test. So that's it. Oh, and then it, it told me. Sorry, it told me when you want to get to like the. Um, I'm 48 percent hunter gatherer. Oh, okay. So you got to get on the paleo diet. Well, that explains why I ran cross country in high school. Yeah. Because I'm a runner. It explains why you can kill animals with your bare hands. Yes, I can. I was in Boy Scouts. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I can make it, I can pitch a tent. You should not eat gluten, my friend, and don't eat any dairy. Oh, well, that's not. I can't handle it. I'm 100% on all that. So, (laughs) all right. Well, that's it. Well, I hope Maya's happy. I hope you're happy, Maya. We don't want to lose you. If you want to get on the pod, ints us, get onto ints, ints us the questions. We'll we'll play it on. We'll put you on. We'll take anybody. Well, clearly, we took Maya. Yeah. She hates us. Yeah, well. All right, well, I hope you're still listening. We gave it to you in episode 51. Let's get, <laughs> oh, Amazon, one yeah, thing. We can't forget Amazon. Yeah, we got to get people to Amazon. What you do, if you want to support the podcast, but you don't want to give us money because no one wants to give us money, but you could. You could always just Venmo me money. Yeah. But if you don't want to do that. Or mail us a check. Go, you, people, you guys shop through Amazon all the time. Jeff Bezos, he's in your, he's in your head. He's in your ear. So, if you're going to go to Amazon anyway and do some shopping, before you do that, go to lostinamericapod.com. Click on the banner at the top. It'll have some advertisements for Amazon books. What do you do? Yeah, and if and you click on those books, you don't buy them. Don't buy the book. But now, I've been told by some people who can't find it, it's because they have pop-up things at work. If you're an IT guy at work and you want to help us out, remove, turn, turn that off for turn your Turn off your ad please. blocker. Yeah. It'll show up, and then do all your regular shopping. And we got a guest. Weber's on today. You can buy his movies. DVDs. 500 Days it's of Summer. The, the perfect gift is a, is a Blu-ray or DVD. P- Pink Panther 2. Fault in Our Stars. And they're streaming. Can you stream? Is that? Do we still get the money if they click on the Amazon? Yeah, they do. All right, good. I think Done. so. Stream away. So do that. I give permission. Get to Lost in America. Let's get to it. Play the music. Back, Kaplan, you're lost in America. You lost in America. Let's get to your soccer your team. Well, we, we were two games in. Teddy Kaplan soccer team, the Ka- five-year-old soccer the under team. Under-six division of the uh, Greenpoint Youth Soccer League, yes. Coach Kaplan. I've coaching the team. I've gone through two games, and i got to give you I gotta give you the progress report. I'm here to report to the owners. I'm hoping for wins, but what do we get? Well, like, first of all, we're taught the werewolves or the were-sharks. The were-sharks, I like. And we have a great little thing where we put our hands in the circle, and we go, oh! Oh, that's pretty good. Everybody, that's yeah. good. And and then you know the kids love it. Yeah. So we get off to a great start. We always charge onto the field with energy. I've learned from TV shows and movies that as a coach, if I get the team fired up, bam, yes. my work is done here. Good. So I feel it good. Wait, your work's done when you get them fired up. I get them fired up at some on the field. I'm not responsible for what goes on. Okay, I'll agree so with that. So we had a game, game two. <laughs> I'll agree yeah. that as a head coach yeah. is not responsible. <laughs> not res- well, my assistant coach. Uh, shout out, Coach Bob. Okay. He, my, my assistant coach, he said to the team before, he said, do not worry about the score. And then the game ended, and 
First of all, that's not. I don't like the way Wait, that well, sounds. I let the assistant coach give that message. That's not my message. Oh you know, yeah, that's yeah, a, yeah, We yeah. play a little good cup, bad cup. With there the, you with go. The, he's the the, the the kids can go to him with problems. I'm the I'm the guy. I got kids in the doghouse. You're the dictator. Yeah. But, you know, my, my son Teddy came off the pitch last week, and he's like, Daddy, we lost 11 to 1. Wait, wait, wait. You, you, okay, you lost 11 to 1? Right. And that means— And what did you do game one? Well, I kind of lost track. I'm officially calling it 7 to 1 because I stopped <laughs> oh, getting track. No. You lost. I think we lost worse, though, but I'm going to call it 18 to 2 between two games. It might have been worse than that. That is a horrible plus I minus. don't even know if we scored the first game. I might have added us a goal that was an own goal and our own goal. But we're going to call it 18 to 2 because that's what I told Teddy. How are little five-year-olds beating other five-year-olds 11 to 1, 10 to 1? Right. Well, look, we don't keep score, but oh. unfortunately Teddy keeps score. He told me we lost 11 to 1. <laughs> he played. We've got a few problems that I'm trying to work out. Like, we don't really know how to kick the ball. I don't really know how to kick the ball. So when we do, <laughs> yeah. our de- we do demonstrations of a drill, and the coach kicks me the ball, and I, like, try to, like, pass it back to him, stop it and pass it, and then I miss him well, by, I like, a mile. A, I remember a few weeks ago you were asking me on the pod if it's correct that you kick with the inside of your foot. Right. Which is a very basic – that's like saying do you dribble a basketball with the downside of your hand yeah. with your palm. Well, that's where we are right now. We're in, we're, I'm in a bit of a hot seat. Uh, Teddy is – You're ar- on the hot seat. Teddy's already stated, and I've told him, do not say this publicly around the team as a team leader, but he said, Daddy – I think you should be the, my basketball coach. You seem to know more about basketball. Yes, I agree. <laughs> and then he's like, or you should be the assistant coach. I think you could be a good assistant coach. It's, so you're saying there's a player's revolt there's against player's the coach. Revolt. And I was trying to, I asked Teddy, I'm like, what can I do to become a better coach? Yeah. And he said to me, well, if you were from South America, you could be a better coach because you would know more about soccer, which means he must be listening to the pod because you mentioned this yeah. with how everybody from Cuba must be a good baseball player. True. from Serbia is a good basketball player. Yep. So, Teddy, he's very on brand. Okay. But I think I need real solutions. Well, here's I can't the sol- become South American. The DNA tests have proven that. Can I give you one idea? Yes. First of all, we have to rebrand this season. Okay. This idea that we're going to win the championships, throw that out the window. Right. We're going to call this year a rebuilding year. Rebuilding year. Yes. Yeah. Or you were brought in. The team was already a mess uh, last season. Yeah. You're brought in to clean clean this. We don't want to go 41 and 40. We're not a 500 team that wants to make the eighth seed in the playoffs again. No, 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 no. We want to. This is a building block season. Can I tell the kids that we want to trust the process? You want to trust the process. And, yeah, we want to take it one game at a time. you got to say that. They like yeah, that. I do wonder if they did give us a speech at that introductory coaches thing, now that you bring it up, that um, we, if we, our team, if it's clear that our team is too good or too bad, yep. we should tell them and we can get, they'll make some trades. You can, I do, wonder, we can trade? Yeah, I wonder if we get one more game where you're blown out, I could say to them this, and then they, like, they give us, like, a good player. I just Tanking. found a job for me. <laughs> no, I want a player, not a... Uh, no, 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 I found a job for me on your team. What's that? Advanced scout. Ooh, you could, yeah, you can look at the other games. I'll go watch all the other teams. Hopefully, not get arrested for right. uh, you know. But you got to find a team that's got more than one because we can't. If they only have one good player, they're not giving them to us because then that team's gonna stink. And what I'm gonna have to do first is get uh, uh, Representative Ron Kim to sign a waiver that <laughs> when I'm going to watch these five year olds right. play soccer, right. it's it's for scouting purposes only. Yeah, you might have to like adopt a kid or become in a relationship, a gay relationship with one of the dads. Or yeah, yeah, yeah. Moms, or you can get in with one of the moms. Yeah, what does that to be? So, all right, that's one idea. We're tanking, right? We're tanking. We're, 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 we're tearing this thing apart. We're building them back up. The under-seven year. We had drug issues with the team last year. A lot of them got arrested. We're cleaning house. Yeah, we're cleaning house. Okay, that's good. Because, um, yeah, otherwise, I, I don't know if I could. Um, the other idea I thought I could do, because they sent out an email already titled Respect. I didn't read it, like, so I don't know what. It's R-E-S-P-E-C-D. all stand for something. I don't know what they are. I didn't read that part. Acronyms. But the we point, don't like acronyms. We don't like acronyms. Not I didn't even know what part. acronym was, so you said that. <laughs> the point of it was that apparently already last week, a 
player, a coach, a parent got in a fight with a referee. Yes. And they're like reminding us that the referees are volunteers. <laughs> I love it. So I'm thinking this. I'm thinking that I should get in a fight with a referee. Like in Hoosiers, you get tossed out. The team oh, gets you fired up. Fire to, up the team. And I think I'm doing it this week because it's Yom Kippur. I was going to skip a game. Send a message. I'm going to we'll show up. I'm going to be cranky. I'm, not, I'm fasting. I'm just going to show up and get tossed immediately. Like five seconds <laughs> I in. I like it. Tear, and then they're going to win. Throw a lawn chair. Because otherwise, if I, my, my one fear is I don't show up this week and Teddy doesn't show up because it's Yom Kippur. What if the team, what if we play someone somehow more inept than us and they win? Well, then, then yeah. I'm going to be on an anti Semitic hot seat because then both Teddy's on the bench and I'm out of a job. And it's a double whammy. <laughs> this is the problem. So I, and these callers, these fans, these sports radio fans of the soccer league are not. You know, well, the they're going to be insing into the pod. They're not into analytics. They're not even trusting the process. They're going to be coming. Ins- they're going to be insing us. They're yes. going to be insing us. We're going to get new Mayas. Yeah. So I was trying to, on my own, try to find, like, things that can help us. And, that, you know, the only thing I found right now is I got this one set. They've been sending things out to help the coaches. Okay. And they sent us a few things. Only one thing caught my attention so far. And tell me if you think this will help the team. Is this, like, an offensive scheme or a defensive scheme? It's a scheme of some sort. It's more of a training scheme <laughs> okay. to get the bodies ready for the game. That, sure. The, the war okay, that I is playing. Because i got to be in good shape because some of these kids refuse to play. So <laughs> I had Teddy and one other kid play the entire game last week because I had two kids who wouldn't play. Wait, so, are they sitting? Are they kneeling? Are they? Yeah, they're like, they're not. <laughs> they're, not <protesting>. they're just <laughs> like, one kid got mad because the other team's scoring a lot of goals. The other kids didn't feel like it. I can't. Every kid's got different parents, and I don't know <laughs> what they're I, – I don't know how to motivate them because their parents are there. I can't, you know, like get on the pitch. Yeah. I can only deal with Teddy. So anyway, I got these guidelines. It's called hydration guidelines. It caught my attention because we know it's hot out still, global warming. The kids got to be in shape. Sure. Says, I don't believe in global warming, but okay. Okay. Well, I do. That's how we're all middle. So it says keeping soccer's healthy and performing at their optimal level, hydration is key. And it's got a special nutrition expert, Tara Collingwood. All right? Okay. And she says that before the game – the kids got to drink at least uh, 16 ounces of water two to three hours before the game. I got to be on that. The game started at like 9 a.m. I got to wake them up early. Okay. Then I got to give them another eight ounces of water 15 minutes before the game. Then another eight ounces of water during the game. So that my kids are going to be peeing like crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> just going to piss your pants. That keeps the defense away from you. That's true. If you have an stink. accident. Oh, yeah, like, like a homeless guy on a subway. Yeah. Everyone leaves the car. It's like I remember I had a basketball coach once told me, don't wear deodorant. Then the guys won't play defense on you. That was snow. Uh, yep. But here's the big finish, and this is what I want your thoughts on. I don't know. I'm a little confused. This came out officially from the league, sanctioned by a nutritionist. It says, after the game, eight ounces of Nesquik low-fat chocolate milk within 30 minutes of exercise. What? And apparently Nesquik is a sponsor of the soccer league. What? <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. Nesquik contains carbohydrates to replenish energy and protein to refuel and restore exhausted muscles. Wait, is, and is, is chocolate milk the new Gatorade? <laughs> it's like a po- protein shake. Oh it's got to be within 30 minutes like we're carb-loading. Within 30 minutes? Yeah. Oh, yeah, you got to carb carb-loading load. my five-year-old. That with chocolate milk, huh? Yes. We should have had this at Mr. Softy in China. You should have struck up a deal. Yes. With uh, a mandatory uh, soft serve ice cream within yeah. 30 minutes of finishing your game. And then, you know, that reminds me of one last thing. Is like It's kind of a billion-dollar deal. I thought, I don't know if you did this in China, but there's a guy on the, who I mentioned who's got the ices who sold him when Teddy got punched at our first practice. And I ices? Had a, he sells Italian ices. He, he just oh, shows Italian up. Italian ices. He shows up on the thing. When Teddy got punched in the face, I had to run and buy him one to calm him down. This guy shows up after every game. He just he just plows his Italian ices onto your field when the game's over. He's a genius. And all there's like we have we're having orange slices and he's got Italian ices. I like that. I'll strike a deal with him. If he has Nesquik chocolate milk instead, then maybe we can work out a thing where we're allowed to have it. Well, that's what we're gonna do. All right. In honor of Softy. Ants is an app. Is an app. You can get it in the app store. You can be just like Maya. You can ants us. 
questions. We will play them on the pod. We proved it. We did it this yeah. week. Get it. Uh, go to the App Store, wherever apps are sold. Get Ints. You want to get on Ints now because there's been a movement to get Trump banished from Twitter. So he's going to be Ints. I was soon. thinking that he's going to find Ints. It's better medium for him. He doesn't have to type. He loves to talk. He loves to hear himself. He's got big thumbs, so he can press that button. Exactly. He, so he's going to get on Ints. I don't know if Ikram's going to, you know, Ikram's, I'm sure, going to be thrilled with this idea I just threw out there. But and so get on now. We Ints an extra um, news story every week. Yeah. Right? So we're going to be insing today an extra news story that we do at the end of the pod only for ins. And plus, I like it because I can be uncensored. Uncensored. There's no rules. International waters. Yeah. Here. I'm like Howard Stern, like, you know, terrestrial radio. I don't, I don't like this, like. Ins is satellite radio. I don't like podcasts, iTunes keeping me yeah. tight, keeping me down. But all right. So ins is the way to go. Ints, baby. All right. Let's get to Weber. Bring him in. <laughs> Show Mike Weber, Michael Weber, Michael H. Weber's Mike. in the house. Hi guys, Welcome. good to be back. How you doing? I'm good. I'm good. A little tired. There's been a lot of travel the last couple of weeks. You have been busy recently. You're at all <laughs> these. Yeah, you're at all these uh, film festivals. Where have you been? Uh, I have been all over. Uh, I was at the Venice Film Festival uh, for the premiere of Our Souls at Night. Uh, this in movie I wrote for uh, Netflix. Um, Italy. Correct. Italy, Venice, Italy, not Venice, California. Not Venice Beach. Uh, Venice, Italy. The the Venice Film Festival is the oldest film festival in the world. Really? Uh, yeah, yeah. Actually, um, not. Uh, it was the first film festival, uh, but not the um, most continuous because apparently uh, it started in the twenties and then they stopped it during World War Two. Pussies. Yeah, come on. You got to keep going through the bombing. Yeah, we got to live. Oh, boy. So, uh, yeah, I was at the Venice Film Festival, then did a little traveling around Europe uh, with my girlfriend, Allie. uh, And then uh, I went to the Toronto Film Festival uh, for the premiere of another movie of mine, The Disaster Artist, uh, which will be... Two movies. Both two Two movies movies. in the festival circuit. That seems... Is that normal? Uh, No, no. Getting any movies made is not normal. It is hard enough to get anything made, so to have two the same year is... You hear uh, that, Mom? That's why I've never made a movie. Stop (laughs) bothering me. Yeah, get off Kaplan's back, everyone. It's really hard. When are we going to a podcast festival? Do they have those? I think they do, sadly. Oh. <laughs> Hopefully we never go. <laughs> I'm in. It's a couple nerds sitting By the way, the, those podcast... <laughs> high school gym somewhere. <laughs> Jokes aside, those podcast festivals are kind of a big deal, and thousands of people show up to watch live podcast tapings. You guys live would be an interesting experiment. Mm. We gotta live start... Pod. We can do shows at the Lantern. I could get us the Lantern anytime we want. We could do a live we'll pod. do our own festival, is what you're saying? Yeah, just Through us. This. It's yeah. us for like 12 hours straight. Non-stop? Yes. Well, right. It doesn't have to be a marathon. It could just be 90 <laughs> minutes. Why take- don't you guys start... Slow yeah, and build up to the it. The festival has to be like a few days, right? Yeah, but there's you don't. You we don't get one... like Hootie and the Blowfish to play. We what? can get all you're, these. You're confusing things here. You don't have to do your own festival. You gotta get a Burning Man. <laughs> you could do a, a live concert. podcast a episode. Yeah. Do a live podcast episode first. Let's start with that. And then like how that goes, you can enter one of the podcast festivals and they give you the venue. They sell the tickets. That's all you know. No, I want to do it at like. Like wherever they do, like they used to do the Warp Tour, like at some snow, <laughs> like ski resort outside in the summer. All right, we go alpine sledding. <laughs> exactly. That's what I'm saying. We all get sunburned. We do a bunch of drugs. You've lost me. Anyway, uh, yeah. Back I've been, to back you. To Venice. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I've been traveling drugs. quite a bit and uh, on this sort of international festival circuit, and I'm, I'm home now and uh, happy to be here with you guys. Yes. And you're, uh, you want to say your appearance is brought to us by somebody. You, you bring your own sponsor, right? I bring my own sponsor. My appearance is brought by uh, Barty Farms. Shout out. 
You can read. You have the copy. <laughs> I do not have the copy. <laughs> I don't print out your. We, you know, we have a publicist here from both movies, and we have a publicist here from the farm. She keeps They're poking her head in, controlling sure. what we say. Yeah, yeah. It's this a is fam- a big guest. This you are one of our biggest guests we've had on. You are one of our most accomplished guests. Thank I mean, you. like Monroe Martin. Come on, what has he done? But you. I mean, most of our guests Monroe's are very funny. Are losers. I'm a big Monroe fan. All right, settle down. So this is actually is cool. You have two movies coming out relatively at the same time. Did you film? I mean, did, were these like? Did you write the? You wrote the screenplays, and then was this all? Were they done at the same time, or was it a? Uh, one of those things where you did one three years ago, the other six months ago, and they both just happen to be coming out. So you guys have met and know my friend and writing partner, Scott Neustadter. Uh, we've been doing this together for many years. Uh, it's a funny thing. You write these movies and you never know what's going to happen because it takes dozens, if not hundreds of people to make a movie. Uh, and you need lots of people to say yes for a movie to actually happen. So we were lucky that these movies have been in the works for a while. Uh, the... Uh, the movie Our Souls at Night, the Netflix movie uh, with Robert Redford and Jane Fonda. It's an adaptation of a book uh, by the same name, a novel, Our Souls at Night, written by Kent Huruf, who uh, is a great novelist who passed away a few years ago. Uh, Kent wrote a bunch of beautiful novels all set in this uh, fictional town of Holt, Colorado that he invented and kind of set his whole literary world there. Um, Robert Redford knew Kent Huruf, the novelist, and I guess before he passed away, had given Redford the rights to the book. Uh, and I, I don't uh, know how this all happened, but uh, Redford came to Scott and I with the book. We read it. It's a beautiful little love story. Uh, we fell in love with it. Um, and then we decided to come on board to adapt it. First, we shopped it around. Uh, uh, and, and, and all along, Jane Fonda was going to be Redford's love interest uh, in the movie. So that was what they call the package of... Redford, Jane Fonda, Scott and I writing. We did not have a director at first. And we basically bring that around and pitch that to studios and decide who wants to make this, develop it with us, uh, have us write it, and then hopefully make the movie. Uh, that was probably three years ago. Uh, and so by free podcast. <clears throat> pre- yes. Uh, I, I thought Redford might have heard you on the pod and. You know, um, he is a fan, right, um, yeah. <laughs> but he did not. This is pre-podcast. Yeah. Does so. it always start that? Is it, does it always start? Could it start with anyone? Could it start with an actor, with a director, with a screenwriter? And then they could does it always have to start with the same person. You no, know no, I mean? that's a great question. And, and honestly, all these projects come together different ways. It could be a director has an idea and sells the idea. A director has an idea and approaches actors he's worked with before. A director has an idea Uh, And goes to screeners. It can be a screenwriter sitting at a coffee shop, has an idea, writes a script, sells the script. It could be a studio executive, someone who works at Fox or Sony or Warner Brothers, has an idea and goes out to writers or directors. There's countless ways that a movie can come together. So So what I'm describing to you is just one way that it happened. Uh, In the case of, look, if you're someone like Robert Redford who's been doing this for uh, 60-something years, if he has a piece of material he likes... Odds are that's going to find a home. That's going to find a buyer who wants to, I don't know if necessarily make the movie, but be interested in developing it to see if it could become something worth making. So he knew you somehow? I, you know, he put you together puts him on number one on Speed Dial. It's like, get me Weber. <laughs> Speed Dial. You know, uh, it's the 90s. I, I will say, guy. I don't know if we, we, don't, we didn't know him. Um, Scott and I had been fortunate in that, uh, you guys may not know this, but the Sundance Film Festival, Back to Film Festival's, one of the biggest film festivals in America. I've been. Sundance Film Festival was founded by Robert Redford. Uh, oh, yeah, Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. Exactly. A lot of people yeah, don't yeah. know that. That's why it's called the Sundance Film Festival. He was the Sundance Kid. 
he fell in love with that area of the country while shooting Jeremiah Johnson, which is a great movie in the 70s that uh, a lot of your older listeners will know this. An amazing film that still stands up. I actually just rewatched it a couple weeks ago. Um, remember uh, The Revenant, uh, that Leonardo DiCaprio movie a couple years ago? Yes. Jeremiah Johnson was the... 70s version of that movie, sort of a man against nature tale that Redford made in the 70s. Uh, Sidney Pollack directed it, a brilliant film. Um, Redford uh, started the Sundance Film Festival. Scott and I uh, were very fortunate that in two of our films that really uh, uh, boosted our career by having a high profile at the Sundance Film Festival, and that would be uh, our film, 500 Days of Summer, uh, premiered at... Uh, <clears throat> The Sundance Film Festival in 2009, and that began sort of the the publicity rollout for that film, which became a bit of a calling card for us. And then some years later, we took an independent film, The Spectacular Now, uh, to the Sundance Film Festival. And it was at the Sundance Film Festival that A24, a distributor, saw the film and decided to acquire it. So while we had not crossed paths with Redford personally yet, his film festival did big things for our career. So it was really cool that sort of the whole thing came full circle that we then end up writing a movie for him when already his festival had done so much for our careers. Is yeah. he is involved in the festival where he knows, like, was he at those movies? Or he was, he, he was actually. And it was cool to talk to him because he knew that the festival had played a big role in our career. He had seen 500 Days of Summer uh, at the festival all those years ago. I don't know if he was at our screening of Spectacular Now, but he was very aware of sort of how his his festival had played such a role uh, in our careers. So so you do a lot of adapting. You adapt, a, a big part of what you do is you take, uh, someone gives you a book, you adapt into a movie. I want to know how, I want to figure out what the process is, but here's how I think is the best way to illustrate this to our audience. How would you, this podcast, you've been listening to every episode, how would you adapt this? What would be step one in adapting this to a movie. Well, and I yes, guess we are pitching if, this. If this is an adaptation, movie. what's the source material? Now, technically, the source material is listening to 50 something episodes. I don't know um, if that's enough source material. Uh, I think if, it is. If there, if there was. We also a, have Ensis. <laughs> Ensis is an app. Yeah. Uh, if there was a. Um, a book written about you guys in the history of the pod, an oral history. We need to hire a biographer. Uh, a magazine article. Where's the magazine article profiling the the birth of this pod? Oh, we were a uh, splitsider. Just reviewed an that episode. Was a really <laughs> yeah, I don't. It's a couple paragraphs. You know, um, I think we need more. I gotta say, not sure there's enough meat on the bones yet. Um, <laughs> you know, look, jokes aside, like, you know, um, a narrative film, unlike a documentary, has a dramatic arc. Yeah, so something dramatic. What is the like dramatic arc? Yeah, you guys need to break up, then get back together. Yeah, or, yeah, yeah. you know, one of you leaves your wa your wife, and then something happens. Sure. Yeah. One, of, right. one of you guys volunteer. We need to do that thing where we talk. We're good on the air, but off the air, we hate each other. We don't talk we to each Mike, other. Mike and the Mad Dog. Yeah, basically, you <laughs> copy Mike. Right. And like, the Mad or dog. you both leave your wives, and then Turner marries Randy and takes care of Kaplan's kids, or like uh, something like. Become the coach. Yeah, yeah. I'm, come the coach. If you want to do that? Go nuts. Yeah, I'm just saying. I'm just. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just spitballing here, but. Uh, What's that old joke where the guy's like, uh, it's some old like Catskills joke where he walks in on his best friend having sex with his wife, and he's like, Randy. I have to, but you? Yeah, yeah, the, the choice of names. Oh, I was thinking guy, Randy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was you confused that there a little <laughs> I bit, but I like producer it. Randy. Yeah. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, Randy. apparently, yeah. apparently, Catskill's humor not in your DNA, so uh, yeah, it's okay. Us, that's in my DNA. Yeah, exactly. Let Kaplan do the Catskill well, stuff. Well, you were 94%. here. Yeah, Kaplan got ninety-four percent. Ninety percent percent Catskill. So, DNA. not to go on a tangent here, but I am not going to do one of those. Um, 
those DNA tests. Why? I so here's what I heard about this. If you do one of those DNA tests, your DNA is now added to uh, uh, the database. <laughs> and oh, we've had people tell us that, that we can podcast? be framed for any murder. <laughs> not, now. not framed for any murder. I'm not worried about that. Um, it, it's it's my murders are perfectly covered up. It's fine. <laughs> but I I no. What I'm worried about is um, I what I really don't want, and this is going to be the douchiest thing I say today. Uh, you have kids tracking you down? Yeah, no, 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 no. <laughs> what I, don't want like, I don't want an eighth cousin. <laughs> I don't need like some random eighth cousin coming out of the woodwork being like, uh, hey, we're related. Give me stuff. Oh, my gosh. Which, All right. by the way, brings up... If you, are you, uh, wait, if this podcast becomes huge, what if my, my no, newly that's it, found... Exactly. By the way... I if, have a newly found cousin. If, we just found out no, last week. Not if and when. But by the way, when this podcast becomes huge and oh, you guys are God. rolling in it... I just announced I have You're, you're going to have distant relatives come out of the woodwork being like, I want to come to your live shows. I, I want to fly me first class. Pay my bills. You just saying no. You work, you work for Robert De Niro, Cap. You know that Bob's life is very complicated, that there's a lot the of, that the bubble is very large, and Bob carries a lot of people in his life. Like, I'm just saying, it's, you, I don't, um... Isn't that the goal when you say, what do I want to do with my life? I want to get to a point where I'm carrying totally. family members. And <laughs> there's no better word to say than no. I take such, oh, it's such a fun in telling people no. I, I something I'm actually, I'm working on. Like, I want, I need to be better at saying no. It, it, I'm not that good at it, and... Well, I, just, I was going to ask whoever for a loan first, then... I'm not even, by the way, money aside, money aside, like... Family is stressful and crazy. Like, what? I need more crazy randos coming out of the woodwork. Being like, by the way, I just like. I, speaking of that, can you hook me up with a free Netflix account now? <laughs> yeah, I don't How dare make, you. <laughs> screen, so, uh, so we, no, here, wait, wait, I will say one thing because my DNA test. Well, I don't know. They might want to sponsor us. Shout out is uh, they um, they you have an option to make them so you can connect with other people or not. You oh, I didn't know that. I yeah, didn't know that. So I just pressed no. Settings. I don't want to connect with other. But if you accidentally. But didn't you want to see if there's anybody cool that you could find? Yeah. What if no? What if there's somebody what if you're more related famous to someone than better? You? What if it's some a director you want to work what with if, this whole time? Whatever, then, what if you're related to the president of the United States of America? Oh, I thought you were say of the studio or something. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were unsubscribe. Say the, I do not want to be. <laughs> you uh, can't unsubscribe to your podcast. So wait, early we, on. So maybe this advice. You know, we've been talking about. Last I'm unplugging week about, the microphone. Yeah. I'm unsubscribing. <laughs> dropping the mic. Guys, I'm out. We'll I like it. No. So then, okay. So then you have this whole Redford movie. So yeah. So that. So I was at the Venice Film Festival, which is a crazy film festival. Now I've I've been to. Many film festivals abroad. Which, the yeah, Venice the film, film festival is interesting because if you've ever been to Venice, Italy, no. it's all these little islands. No. It's so so it's a series of little right. islands. You know, they were like Venice is sinking. It's a bunch of little islands. Yep. And when they say taxi, what they mean is a little boat. Uh, you know, you you have you get in a small you boat gondola and you taxi all over the place. Now, when you're on some of the the main island, little islands, you can do some amount of walking. But for the most part, to get from hotel to screening, to get from screening to press conference, to get from hotel to restaurant, all that is done by little water taxis, which taxis? are outrageously expensive. No, there's, it, no, well, my idea. Wait, wait, I have a question. <laughs> Is it really, or is it just like the cool thing to do if you're a tourist? No, 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 no. There's Sujo, no. Sujo, where I lived, is the Venice of the East. Oh. But no one <laughs> actually takes those except if you're there for like Turner. to take a picture. So when you're on uh, San Marcos, the, the, the St. Mark's, the, the, that area, the most famous area, I guess, of Venice, there are streets. They're all pedestrian streets. There are no streets with cars. You have to go to mainland Italy to do the streets by cars thing. It is just tiny little alleyway streets you walk and then you can there's all these little footbridges to get from kind of certain islands to islands but i will say to get from the main island of venice to lido where the festival is 
it there there's it's hundreds of yards or a half a mile. How you need a, a taxi? boat. You get, get so all over out. all over on the waterfront. There's taxi stands. So there's like the public, the equivalent of like a it. subway, where there's sort of like um, these public boats that everyone gets onto. Um, that make designated stops around the main island. But to get island to island, you have to go to a taxi stand. They have kids like breakdancing. But in you don't want to share all their money. No, like the no. And you have to do your own. By the way, you to, to go from island to island, you have to actually get on your own. Ta- you have to hail your own taxi boat, and you get on those, and they are crazy expensive. You can't negotiate oh the um, the taxi boats and the 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 gondola, the, the you know the the romantic gondola, which is like a touristy thing and costs like eighty euros for thirty minutes of gondola. Right. I mean, it's like Perfect. something you know crazy expensive. But but both those, which are the guys in the striped shirts with the pole, you yeah, know, that's what I've seen. That's what which I'm is different. They that's not pizza. the that's not the taxiing thing. So the taxi thing, and the gondola rides, both of those, all men. And it was interesting to hear. Um, Basically, it's a bit of a cartel that runs. I mean, Italy. We're not surprised here, but they yeah, they stereotype. block stereotype. They <laughs> block. <laughs> they block women. There's no female drivers of the water wow. taxis, and there's no female well, gondola uh, uh, drivers, uh, which is really interesting. It's 2017. They block women from driving any of these boats. Well, they block. They just won't hire them, or like the people who. I, I guess. I mean, I didn't get enough into the nitty gritty of it. I but want to write a movie about the first when when the breakthrough happens. Oh, the first woman the gondola driver. gondola crew, and she just crashes immediately. Yeah. Or she dresses it's as time. a man. It's it's. And then she does a big reveal. I don't know how. <laughs> Here comes everyone's favorite gondola driver. Wow. A little, uh, She's the best. Guys, this thing's writing itself. Oh, yeah. Mrs. Doubtfire. <laughs> yes. A little ladybugs. <laughs> so it's the it's the Italian tootsie. Ladybugs. It's the tootsie <laughs> of uh. Meets taxi driver. Uh, <laughs> I don't even know we need the taxi. Yeah, he doesn't have to be angry and dark. And, well, you know. okay. Well, that's, you know. Yeah. Anyway, uh, I love in. it. Me- meets uh, Captain Ron because you got boats involved. Captain, yeah. is finally the screenplay you're going to finish. This is the screenplay. I'm going to. Uh, what final draft version no, 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 of no, Weber, this is how we write. <laughs> Eight, we, nine. We come up with ideas. You write. You do the easy no, work. You write it. it. We're you can't afford me. No, you're part of the team. No <laughs> all right. All right. All right. I worked out a deal with the farms. All right. But uh, all right, that's exciting. So what? Um, anyway, wait, the festival is great. But you know, it's interesting. These European festivals are so different than the American festivals in a lot of ways. Um, it was cool. They did a press conference. They did a press conference uh, that the day before the screening, uh, and you sit there, and it feels like you're at the United Nations because you have a headset, and you're in an auditorium with hundreds of media members, and they're asking questions in various languages, and you have the headset on. Are they asking you stuff? No, no. I mean, you're, you're. By the way, you're on a dais with Robert Redford and Jane Fonda, who have how many Oscar nominations like, between we, them, we and have been doing this for, for decades. <laughs> nobody's, <laughs> nobody's asking me questions, and well, and rightfully so. Said, don't talk about the pod. Rightfully so. If you have a chance to ask a question of Robert Redford or Jane Fonda, you're not. You're an idiot if you're asking me a question. But that's fine. The director and and Redford at different points deferred to me with a question, which was which was very nice of them. But you have a headset on. Uh, and actually, one of the questions that was deferred to me was an Italian journalist, and I had to put the headset on because I didn't speak Italian or understand a word of it, uh, getting a little feisty because uh, the book that our movie is based on is actually was a bestseller in Italy. And when you adapt a book, you have to make certain changes. You have to condense things. You have to take the internal uh, nature of a book and make it cinematic and external. This and this journalist was uh, upset because he didn't, Think that the the adaptation was completely accurate with That's certain such a moments. That's a hack line, though. Everyone says that. Oh, the book's better than the movie. That's just a way to prove to like brag that you read. It was a little yeah. bit. He was attempting <laughs> like a like a. You gotta go- read the book. Except if it's like book. Fifty Shades of Grey or something. Then I, yeah, but yeah. Like, Does that piss you off? Because you're the one person who you're the one who's changing the book into a movie. 
And that's like such a line that everyone says. It's fine. It doesn't. By the way, a lot of yeah, times be the honest. book is better than well, the movie. You know, I am being people, honest. People have to hate you, like because like, people get really passionate on their books, like when it's like a bestseller. Look, and, look, oh, it's such a different experience. You read a book, you can pick it up and put it down whenever you want. There's no you. You are in control. You can reread passages. When you watch a movie in a theater, you have no control. You sit there, the movie screens. You can't stop it. You can't go back. It's not so you know. It's two hours as opposed to however long it takes to read a book. So it's just very different experiences. So that's the why movie, you gotta watch a movie at home when you have kids. <laughs> it takes me eight hours to watch one uh, or on one, Netflix. One episode of Narcos takes me eight hours to watch. So I keep stopping it. What I anyway, get, finish what, what you were saying. Yeah, no, no. The point <laughs> is, I'm just saying they're very different, and the goal is to make the best possible movie. And but is there any point of you view? want to resemble the spirit of the book, but it can't be the exact same thing as the book? Can I give you an example? When people say to me, oh, I love comedy. Are you like Jeff Dunham? There's a part of me that there's a rage inside of me that wants to take them and throw them in a trash can. Do you also have that? <laughs> when people say there's, there has to be some. Kid. Well, I'm a writer. Obviously, I have inner rage, but no, but not a kernel of something inside of you. No, no, no. Because Jeff no, Dunham, enemy uh, of the pod. Really? Uh. Books were my first love, so it's fine. I, in most cases, I think the book is better too. I think. Should we tell Allie that? I think uh, yes, it's fine to tell her that. Okay. It's you know what? It's just something different. It's not a book is not a movie. It, it, they shouldn't be the same thing. Okay. Um, you know, it, it watch both. I mean, watch watch the movie, read the book. It's you know, they're not supposed to be the same thing. When you adapt the Mr. Softy book into a movie, yes, yes. which which will be better? Because I, I think that. I'm curious to see which one's better. It's going to be so much in your textuality. You writing that. Bam. Oh, you mean what's better, the book or the movie? The book or the movie. Probably yes. the movie. The movie's going to be way better we'll than that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who's the better who's writer? Who's going to play yeah. Turner? <laughs> who's going to play Turner is a great question. You know who's going to play Turner? Kaplan. Jeff Dunham. Jeff Dunham. <laughs> yes. Yeah, with the puppets. Yeah. With the racist yeah. puppets. Kaplan will be a racist puppet. Yeah, Kaplan's going to be a puppet. I'll definitely need a cameo. Like yeah. I'll be like, you'll show up at a soccer game and I'll be a coach trying to get the team to focus. So, is there any, because like I always see, you always watch on um, when they show these, like you were saying, those deuses from the film festivals in like foreign countries. There's always like some Japanese guy that's just like, they always have to relate it locally to them. So they'll be like, uh, do you like sushi? And it'll be like some totally out of the blue question that they can go play on their home TV stations and like that'll be a thing. You know, I saw that when I was in China. Um, they're always like, can you use chopsticks? Wait, when they do like, you mean when the celebrity, when they do like, like their, their press? They'll like ask junkets. LeBron James if he can use chopsticks when he's playing in Shanghai, you know? I find you'll sometimes get questions like that when you're uh, on the red carpet. At the press conferences, these are for the most part serious uh, film journalists, film critics. So y you don't get a lot of those sort of. Um, uh, questions where they want you to throw a bone to the like the so locals local or something. People. I think uh, when you're on the red carpet, normally red carpet, you, you you know you take some pictures and then the end of the red carpet, there's some audio media, sometimes a couple of cameras, and you answer a couple of questions for like local journalists. Um, yeah. When we we can segue to this, but when I got back from Venice, I turned around the next day, went to the Toronto Film Festival, uh, and and walking the red carpet. Uh, before our premiere of The Disaster Artist at the Toronto Film Festival, at the end of the red carpet were some media, local Toronto media, uh, and and there were a few questions like, what do you think of Toronto? And and we're here with the whatever, whatever, some a local university, and, and you know, what what do you imagine it would be like to go to school in Toronto? That's what and there's I'm some, about. there were definitely guys. a couple of questions like that, like, um, no which is Raptors. fine. It's you know, I get it, I get it. They want a little bit of a local spin. Do you so. do any sport? Like I would just like be like, Demar Derozan sucks. Like I'd just be really <laughs> antagonistic. Learn about who the local Venice towards the local <laughs> <soccer> sports. <laughs> I only say positive things. Yeah. Uh, no, I get I get super boring. As I learned my years of working you for Bob, boring. I actually yeah. like keep it well, kind of boring. Part of my job is keeping Bob from talking to those people on the red carpet. Just keep walking, keep walking, keep walking. No, I answer the questions. I tried Becca from festival. 
they have kids who who have like a it's a part of the festival. There's kids who ask questions. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. They have that other festivals that like a Trebek event. Not really. No, they that's ask just questions the... just as good as the, uh, <laughs> the journalist, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> so what's the point of keeping it boring? Because you don't want to come. You don't. There's no. There's no, nothing good that can come out of it, basically. Yeah, I just don't want to say the wrong thing. Um, it, 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 I'd rather just sort of play it safe, and and you know that kind of interaction. They're looking for that answer, so I'm going to give them what they want. Toronto's awesome, and, and by the way, Toronto was awesome. I had a blast. It's like an A to B, like connect the dot, bang, 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 yeah, pump it out, put it on the local. There's news. like an unspoken contract. Uh, you know what they want, give them what they want. It's fine. It's not you know. The, so the disaster artist. This is another film. This comes out December first. Is that true? This comes out December first. Uh, What's and going on with that? That is also an adaptation of a of a book. Uh, it's the first true story that Scott and I adapted, and it's the true story of these two knuckleheads who made what is now considered the worst movie of all time, called The Room. Not to be confused with Room. We, have, we're we haven't made that. our movie. Yeah, yet. we haven't made our movie. Yeah, yet. yeah. It'll eventually. <laughs> but they made this movie called The Room. The Room. Uh, they I've made it, it independently. Uh, it was a colossal disaster, and yet it turned out beloved. Right. And so now bad, people, so bad, so incredibly bad, it was good. And now there are midnight madness screenings of The Room all over the world. And the irony is this movie cost millions of dollars to make The Room and since turned a profit because it's become such a cult hit. And I don't mean like uh, it can't be bad. It is unwatchably bad. Right. And it is now people love this movie. And and one of the guys involved in it uh, co-wrote a book about the making of it and the history of the friendship of these two guys called The Disaster Artist. So uh, in this case, James Franco had the rights to the book and the life rights to the two guys. Uh, he teamed so up. Wait, what's rights? a life right mean? You buy, you well, you're making a movie about the true story of some guys. You need to get their life rights. What is it? If Do they you buy die, the life you get their Do you buy the life rights to somebody? No. We know. No. Do you have the life no, rights to no, me? No. <laughs> uh, Wait, what? How do I sell my life rights? Yeah. I, I don't know. You need an entertainment lawyer. To I'll sell them for talk like ten dollars. Blue shirt. Yeah. Get on it. Yeah, yeah, that's a good move. You see, like a Cap, good. We gotta sell our life rights. Cue, you moron. You're a moron. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, it's uh, look. Franco tracked down these two guys, got their life rights, got the rights to the book, partnered with Seth Rogen, who he's obviously worked with many times, and those guys came to Scott and I, and we adapted the book. Is the um, book good? Because if it's written by one of the guys involved in the movie. Well, the book is written <laughs> by Greg Sestero, one of the guys in the movie, and Tom Bissell. Who, Tom Bissell is a celebrated, phenomenal right. uh, nonfiction writer and essayist. Okay, so he like, um, So it. it's a real book. Right, right. It's a great book. Uh, and, you know, our goal was... all along was... Yes, this should be a movie about the making of the worst movie of all time, but really it's actually about the friendship of these two guys. It's a movie about uh, uh, struggling dreamers and how powerful it is that when you have a dream that no one else believes in, you meet someone else who has the same dream as you and believes in you, and really that that sharing that dream can take you places. And that's the story of these two guys who went on to make the worst movie of all time, and that, that process of making that terrible movie put a lot of stress on their friendship. So... Uh, uh, James Franco directed The Disaster Artist and plays one of those two knuckleheads. His brother, uh, Dave Franco, plays the other guy. Awesome. Um, and we ended up with an amazing cast. Uh, Sharon Stone is in it. Bob Odenkirk is in it. Seth Rogen is in it. Uh, Paul Shear, Ari Grainer. Uh, um, really, an amazing cast. Uh, it's based on this crazy true story, and that uh, comes out December 1st. Okay, but a quick question, because I know everyone listening is also wondering this. Can you quickly, without like, without uh, joking, whatever, describe what life rights means? What is that? <laughs> so, uh, in in this case, we're telling the story of these two guys, Tommy Wiseau, and Greg Sestero, and it's not their whole life. It's not one of those cradle to grave biopics, as the, but it is, uh, you know, a certain stretch of 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 their lives uh, where they became friends. 
they moved to LA together. They were struggling actors. They got up this idea to make this crazy movie. They went and did it um, because it is about them, because it is unmistakably them, because we call it you them. Don't change their names or we, we don't change their names. Oh. We need their rights. Now, are they public I figures? See. Sort of. And I know um, I'm not an entertainment lawyer. Uh, you can get Blue Shirt on. He's, Blue Shirt's not an entertainment lawyer. And by the way, <laughs> he's Sh- an everything lawyer. And by the way, Blue Shirt's barely a lawyer. We can discuss Whoa! that another time. So, Blasphemy. Um, yeah, it, You're off not, the pod. You're a moron. <laughs> he's a bullshit artist, Inc- but that's fine. Listeners, Insin, uh, anti-Weber. Um, or or anti-Blue, if you yeah. yeah no, it's, it's, pick a side. The point is, uh, in that case, we needed their life rights. Because here's the other thing. Um, we wanted to tell an honest story. And that, that story of this friendship has some ups and, down, ups and downs. There's some ugly moments there. We need their rights. And how much right. do you pay for that? Do you know? Uh, I don't know. And I think, again, it's separate from that is the book rights. And a lot it of the stuff about them is covered in the books. I was not involved in negotiating. I know in the case of Tommy, who James Franco played, uh, Tommy negotiated his own deal. Hey. And one of... <laughs> I'm sure based on how the room turned out. And, and, it was and great... what's interesting was we had to listen to his script notes but not necessarily oh, make any part changes. Of the deal? Part of the deal. The other thing is, we had to shoot a scene with him opposite James Franco, which is uh, very strange because uh, James Franco is playing him, and if you've ever seen what Tommy Wiseau looks like, he looks like Tommy Wiseau. There's no right. changing what so that guy looks like. So he's playing so he's in else. the film. Whoa, whoa. So what Tommy negotiated was we had to shoot the scene but it doesn't necessarily have to be in the movie. And now that's all I'm going to say is, oh, so um, I'm not going to say anything. I'm just going to say, um, you'll see the movie December 1st, hopefully. And, Can I tell um, you something? You have a shitstorm on your hands because I met the real Patch Adams one time <laughs> and he had this, he, he was on this sh- cruise ship with me and <laughs> he hates Robin Williams. Hated, God rest his soul, but he hadn't died at that point. Hated Robin Williams because he said he had a handshake deal with Robin Williams that whenever that movie, he was going to give him his life rights. Whenever the movie came out, they were going to be 50-50 on everything, which I didn't believe a word of this. Time out, time out. That sounds off. This is going to happen with Tommy I will say Mazzola, this. That guy, that guy. going to take a cruise? Pa- the real Patch Adams might be disgruntled about the lack of whatever he got. No, Patch Adams. <laughs> but, Adams but, sue us now. But there's no way... There's no way they didn't get his life rights. He's probably just unhappy with what he got out of that deal or didn't get. Yeah. They, they must have got his life rights. Look, I'll say, if you're doing a movie about... Um, the life of Jesus Christ, or or some uh, life rights, historical let's figure. Get those, let's get those. You rights. don't. You don't need the life rights. That is that is public domain. I know a guy. But I will say though, if you base Ask your if you base your movie on a book, like if you're using a specific book, then you need the rights to that book where you're pulling information from. So you know, again, it's it's tricky. I would do say we need, if we do if, Ikram, if anyone is out there looking to make a movie based on a true story, look. When in doubt, get the rights. Use an entertainment lawyer. Secure the rights. And then that way you've sort of covered your own ass. The last thing you want to do is sort of make a movie based on a true story and then get sued later words and that controversy will overshadow, you know, the story of your movie. Sure. And then when you – have you pr- started promoting this this film yet? Are you, yeah, is this well, also what these – The trailer well, – this so, Astrodis trailer is out. It's fantastic. Are they both at the same festival? No, no, no. So, um, you know, what's interesting is festivals serve a lot of different purposes. So in the case of Our Souls at Night and The Disaster Artists – we took these movies to the festivals for publicity purposes. So Our Souls at Night had its world premiere in Venice, and The Disaster Artist had its world premiere at Toronto. These are high-profile film festivals, and it's a way to launch the, the publicity and marketing and get people aware of and to start talking about and look forward to these movies. It's also good for awards, right? I mean, to get well, yes, I mean, that's, you know, industry that stuff starts to, you know, it's, it's the, the fourth quarter, you know, it's the fall, so like that, right, all that stuff starts to happen, but... You know, little movies, 
uh, or movies without distribution. Meaning, how does a movie get into theaters? How does a movie get to a Netflix? They go to a festival. You need distribution. Which now, you've done before, right? Now, so uh, if you sell an idea or you sell your script to Warner Brothers and they make your movie, you have distribution. Warner Brothers is a studio. A studio not only has money to make a movie, but a studio has the mechanism to put that movie in theaters. But if you go out on your own and you shoot a movie independently, how are you getting that movie into theaters? You're not going to start going knocking on doors of AMC theaters being like, screen my movie. So you will try to get your movie into film festivals, probably most likely if it's a lower profile indie, start with like some little regional festivals. But you got to get eyeballs on these movies and get people talking about it. So on the one hand, film festivals serve as a publicity machine for established movies that already have distribution. But for the most part, you know, the main purpose of a film festival is show movies that don't have distribution and people watch them, uh, uh, people from these distributors, whether they're big studios or they're, they're little micro distributors yeah. and watch these movies and go, holy shit, we got to get this that. movie into theaters. And then they acquire the movie and they put it into theaters. Who is this Jane Fonda? I, I don't know, but I'm Robert yeah, Redford. We got to get them. Dig into them those D&E tests and see, maybe you're related to the, the guy who runs AMC. That's Warner true. Brothers, okay. skip a step. Maybe we, we don't need get something going. <laughs> I don't want to have to travel. So, so in this case, yes, I've done both, where The Spectacular Now was an independent film uh, that we made some years yeah. ago. We met with all of the, when I say we, the, the, the um, filmmaking team, director, producer, Scott and I, we met with, a, with I'm, I'm telling you, 200 financiers, and eventually we found one who really believed in our vision for the film, loved the script, loved the package we put together. He personally, out of his own pocket, financed the making of the movie, which is a, an expensive undertaking, with the gamble that we will eventually find a distributor and he will be, you know, make back a good amount of that money. We took that finished film, still with no distribution, to the Sundance Film Festival, uh, and A24 acquired Spectacular Now at Sundance a few years ago, and the guy who put up the money made back his money. So that's nice. how, again, the other purpose that uh, film festivals around the world serve. Well, I think that, should do we get to the, any of, yeah, do what do you want to promote? Well, well I just want to say. promoting for the last hour. Well, I just want to say, Our Souls at Night is on Netflix September 29th. Around the world? Uh, I, as far as I know, I think it's around the world. September 29th, you can watch it on Netflix. Uh, and uh, The Disaster Artist will be out in theaters uh, December 1st. And, and you can see the trailer for both these movies online now. If people only have time to see one, which one? <laughs> Uh, then, you make more money. On well, it? considering it's still September, I would see Our Souls at Night this weekend when it's out. Oh, shots fired. And then see Disaster Artist when it comes out in December. He's saying that our audience <laughs> doesn't have a lot of has plenty of free time. They can see both. We have busy audience members, and yeah, we should get. They're inting all the time. I would say press pause, don't listen to this pod, and go watch one Ow! of these movies. Oh, boo! All right, let's get to the news. First news story of the week. This comes to us from the Shanghaiist. Favorite paper. Love it. Zuckerberg rumored to be looking for Mandarin-speaking nanny who he who he will pay $110,000 a year. Is that a good rate? Like, I don't, as 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 someone who doesn't have any children, well, what, is the cap, what is the going rate for nannies these days? Assuming Zuckerberg lives in a major metropolis. Yeah, it depends. I mean, you, in New York, it goes by the hour. 
And it breaks, you know, 15 an hour is the starting price. Wait, wait, wait. wait. You guys are looking at it wrong. Let's start with these people are Chinese. Speaking of China, you get like $3 a month (laughs) versus 100,000 a year. Yes, this is a good rate. This is an amazingly good rate. Yeah, but related. Yeah, but I'm assuming he's going to have to like fill out. He's one of the richest people in the world. So doesn't he have to like file file taxes for an employee and stuff? Especially if he wants to run for president. Yeah, so like what I'm saying is like he can't. Pay three dollars an hour. He has to do this above board. I mean, I pay an annual. If it's full time, it come out to forty thousand a year, probably. But when I had a full time, okay, so triple. So Mark Zuckerberg makes how much? How much percentage more does he make than me? A billions and billions <laughs> of percent. So he should pay more than that. Actually. You wouldn't want to be his nanny because if you did a bad job, he'd go on Facebook and talk shit about you. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Exactly. And it would go everywhere. No. Okay. Or, or he would give your information to the Russians. First so. of all, this proves <laughs> there's this whole bullshit idea that that Zuckerberg speaks amazing Chinese. I don't know. Did that news come over here? No, no, no one cares. Okay, about that. when I was living in China, he'll always come over there, and he took like Chinese classes. So he'll come there, he'll speak, he'll go on TV, and he'll be like, "Ni hao, uh, water means shu." It's like Mark when, Zuckerberg, and all the Chinese people—they're all gay for it's like, like, when, ah, it's like yeah, when Bush yeah, yeah, speaks yeah, yeah, Spanish. Yeah, but isn't that out. better than nothing? Isn't that better than Compared not? Compared to me, no, because everyone, every foreigner who. But lives I'm saying, there, is it better to go there and go? But I'm like, I'm serious. In China, if if an American goes over there, is it better to go? I know nothing, or is it better to try? Like, because I know, by the way, no, different what's cultures. What's better is to be me, who I speak it fluently, and they don't. I don't get shit. Well, like from Mark, them. You don't Mark Zuckerberg there. doesn't have Mark Zuckerberg. <laughs> I, I can't believe I'm defending Mark Zuckerberg right now. He doesn't have time to go to China for 14 years and sell ice cream and do comedy. Whoa, whoa, like, whoa, whoa, whoa. slow down. <laughs> uh, neither did I, but I did it, and that's the point. And so did no everyone I know. Literally everyone I know speaks better Chinese than him. And then he gets all. The I, I, I don't. It would be like this. Can I reverse it for a second? Yeah. Yeah. Reverse. Okay. Imagine all these Chinese people. You know all these Chinese people who move from China. They live here. They speak great English, right? Yeah. And then some guy comes over and he goes, "Oh, uh, hello!" And everyone's like, "Yay!" Because he's rich. All of a sudden, like you have lower standards for rich, famous people than we do for just regular people. Um, I would say this in that example. If I understand him, then I'm happy he's speaking English. If, if I don't understand his English, then yeah, I would say I wish he was kind of speaking his own language and someone was translating. So I'm asking you, are, in China, are they, are they pleased that... It sounds like they're pleased he's trying. They are. You're the only one who's annoyed yeah. by this. Not, not me, every so, but what is your, who but lives what is there. Your, your pick, you're, saying is that you're saying he's a fraud, he doesn't actually speak it? Is he's that a fraud. No, he does. It's he needs a name to teach him? Exactly. Ki- if his Chinese was so good, Wait, he Wait, I thought it's so they could teach the kid Chinese. Yeah, so the name <laughs> he could teach, teach his kid Chinese. Well, well, he doesn't raise his own kids. He has a job. Can I, I don't. Can I, I'll bring this down to my level a little bit. There are a lot of people in Long Island City, New York, in New York City in general, I'm sure, who look for nannies and they want their nannies to speak Mandarin. This yes. is, he's not exceptional here, which I find a lot. Like what? Like this is. Pro- By the way, in the '90s, wasn't it Japanese? Like, yeah, wasn't there's like it? a trendy yes. language that comes and goes, and it's just like what, this is what you should be worried about finding someone who could take care of your kids. Cap, when is the trend going to be like, finding a nanny that speaks Hebrew? I was going to say Yiddish, but yeah, Hebrew yeah. would be uh, never. But <laughs> when Israel takes over the world, but it's like it? so stupid. Like I'm going to worry about a two year old teaching them. Like there's like this whole like well, when you have I- too much time in your hands to think about programming your kids for like. I have one more thing to say on this. In the 2000s, this proves how much the world has flipped because in 2004. It was the hot move, and I did it, to go to China. You had to have no life skills. Yeah. You didn't have to know anything. You could be a drunk college dropout, and you would get paid a pretty good salary just because you spoke your own language. So Cap could go now? You could go. No, now <laughs> it's the reverse. <laughs> Chinese people with no skills, nothing could come here. If they speak their own language, they can make $110,000 a yeah, year. But you, it's not just speaking the language. They have to have a bachelor's degree, which I do not understand why that's relevant yeah, you, to being a nanny. Who checks? I mean, uh, who checks? No one checked mine for, when I went wait, over there. a love for children. I mean, come on. 
That's hard to find. Who really likes children? Do You're, they have to be on Facebook? Yeah, exactly. Probably. Basic medical training. This is he's just like all these parents. They want their 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 names to be CPR certified. All this stuff. It's like you don't know. Like what are they gonna do? You call freaking nine one one. I'm assuming though. I'm assuming training. the difference though is this is like a live in nanny as opposed to one of those ones that's just there for like eight hours a day. You give well, if you live if you live there, then it's free rent. Then you should get paid even less. Do they in China? Do they have live in nannies where like a nanny lives with your family all the time? Yes, they do. Oh, pairs? Uh, not as much, but they do. But a lot of people will have more like five, just five days a week. So we have friends who do both. Where like there's a nanny that lives there and is like a part of your household, and then there's other friends who just have a nanny for certain hours of the day. I find the having a stranger you don't know live in your house all the time very weird like you can't walk around in your underwear it's if odd. a stranger's there well, all the time i've never if you're had banging it. in her nanny you can oh, yeah, but that's yeah. you have to have Schwarzenegger kids move. to have a nanny in america or what do you call a maid <laughs> what do you call a maid because you guys don't like i know you don't like the term maid right well i don't have a maid she doesn't like clean i think up you would say a cleaning, person. A, na- a cleaning person a nanny only okay. is takes care of your kids they don't like clean up for you Oh, why or not? Make you dinner. They should for 110,000 a year. I maybe and Zuckerberg Zuckerberg probably has a whole household staff that does that. <laughs> Last story of the week. This comes from us from CNN, Kaplan. Your yeah. favorite. All right. A Swiss hotel has forever. A Swiss hotel has been accused of anti-Semitism after a manager reportedly posted signs instructing Jewish guests to shower before using the pool. It says, <laughs> "To our Jewish guests, women, men, and children, please take a shower before you go swimming." If you break the rules, I'm forced to close the swimming pool for you. He also, another sign in the kitchen addressed to the, our Jewish guests specifically <laughs> said that the hotel's freezer would only be open available from, uh, would only be available from 10 to 11 a.m. Yeah, because the Jews, I think, bring, I think it's because the Jews, are, religious Jews is what they're targeting here. Okay. The religious Jews are the ones who bring their own food to hotels, you know. The, Why do they do that? Because they have to eat kosher. Oh. So everything. So, but essentially they're saying, like Jews are allowed to say this, they're not like, you know, they might smell a little, but I think that's what they're saying here, right? <laughs> I don't know. I've no Hashtag idea. not all Jews. Right. We might say it to each other, but you know, you're I not know. supposed to say it. You're not supposed to put it in I signs. know, like, by the way, we're not supposed to be talking about this in front of Turner. Oh, you're right, you're right. But I will out. say, like, the worst experience I ever had on an airplane <laughs> was next to this obese Hasidic guy who was spilling onto my chair. Like, I forget about even having an armrest. Like, basically... <laughs> Like a quarter of his body was was on me. Two seats. And and he smelled so he needed a seatbelt extender. You know, like you have to ask oh, for yeah. a seatbelt extender. Yeah. And then on top of that, he had clearly there were some issues about bathing. And it was it was like a punch in the face. And and uh the flight attendant, I didn't ask for this, the flight attendant saw how uncomfortable <laughs> I was. Um and she came over and she gave me this is really weird. She gave me a bag of like uh coffee grinds. Because you, um, it like neutralizes smell. No way. Yeah, and I just just put it on the like the tray in front of me, yeah. so like that the area would smell like coffee grinds and not like the dude next. Like to Like lighting me. a match. But like he had to have known that's why they I were was there. Say, how did she approach that with him? Yeah, it was, was he awkward. Asleep? Really awkward. Maybe but you pretend you. Like either way, by the way, either way, that hotel should not be putting up a sign telling yeah. Jews to bathe. You what gotta the be fuck? a little more subtle that. Because first of all. Nobody bathes before they go in a swimming pool. Do you do that? Does anybody really do that? No, but when I was in China, they made me wear a shower cap. Yeah, they. Uh, uh, sorry, swimming cap. Like I was Michael Phelps. What, so I'm like, I'm the, not going for the hundred meter record. Who actually goes into pools anymore? Did the, did the signs, what? Did the signs say attention white like guests? Like public pools? Did t- yes. Did there was there a sign that said attention white guests? Please wear a shower cap. No, it's no. yeah. <laughs> I know it was to all guests. All Everyone guests. had to yes, wear. You have but to they say only all. enforced it with uh, foreigners, and uh, we Wait, put up where, a whole stick. This is in China. Yeah, and Ye and I got pissed. 
because they made me wear a shower cap or a swimming cap. But then when the other people, when the Chinese people came in, they like didn't enforce it with any of them. Ooh, well, yeah, you know, flipped out. You should have. Mm. It was. I was so happy because it was like the one time in my life when I've been able to claim racism. You yeah, know? you're not part of the club. Is there an ACLU in China <laughs> or Switzerland to yeah, like protest this style? Where's the like lawyer? It, it, the blue shirt of China. You can get anyway, on them. It would be a- Wait, why W? No, ACLU. AC- I was trying a to get w- white <laughs> into the colored, but... Yeah, but it has nothing to do with it. It was American it's Civil Liberties. American <laughs> Civil Liberties. <laughs> <American Civil Liberties. laughs> so, I call oh, that the white NAACP. He definitely was thinking that was something else. Yes. Oh, I thought it was the NAACP. <laughs> if you grow up in West, 99% Western European, you don't even know what the ACLU is. <laughs> no, it's true. Up. By the way, that's no, a great point. This Jews and blacks, we know what these things are. What percentage of Sacramento... Is a member of the ACLU, like 2%. Uh, isn't the ACLU the NAACP for white people? That's what <laughs> no, I always thought oh it god. was. Oh, my God. So we white can, people like, complain. I'm tempted to suggest we cut everything in the pod no! prior to this and do an entire pod on what Turner thinks the ACLU yes. is. We could do 10 hours on this. And we ask him to pronounce concentration camp babes at the same time. No, no. Oh, God. We've proven that no one <laughs> listens to the end of these pods anyway, so we're good. The ends are the best part. But it's I will like the say, last five minutes we're of Saturday you. But seriously, Big American like Civil Maya. Liberties, the ACLU. for Civil Liberties. No, 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 no. ACLU about free speech, and you know, it, it. They would have a big problem with this sign. Just because we're on the topic, can I ask this question? Sure. Are Jews considered people of color? Because oh, people of color is like this <laughs> whole, whole thing. Other episode. To be, to actually, yeah. like, it, it's a, it's a complicated question. It really is because that was a real question. We obviously we're back. We're no, we are again. We weren't. Well, we're after uh, Charlottesville. Charlottesville gave us. We're back. We got our street cred back on the. It, yeah. You know what? It goes both ways. Like it, in I feel Europe, like, in Europe, we're definitely people of color. Maybe in, um, in the United States of America. Yeah. Well, it was like 2% of the population uh, in America. I my numbers. But yeah. Like one and a half percent? A minority. We are a minority. And we have some, t- I got a little tan going, so I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it's, yes. You're asking, you're asking a question that we we need a lot more time We to need answer. to devote a podcast And, and by the way, that's I'm episode. not the right guest for that pod. <laughs> gonna, <laughs> that's what I wanted to ask you. We're going to get a, yeah. Oh, boy. We're going to get another. A I, by the way, it's it's midday. I've had bacon twice today. I'm yeah. not the person nah. to <laughs> ask this question. Dude. Wait, what are you doing for Yom Kippur? <laughs> it's, I'll, actually, I'm, I might. Uh, Ali is dragging me to synagogue. Wow. So. Whoa, whoa, and, whoa. And you Bre- know what? Also, whoever's going to synagogue. I, I'm going to cut this out. and put it at the beginning of the pod. <laughs> and her grandmother, this is like a apparently quite religious one. And I haven't been to synagogue in 20 years yeah, in any capacity. Yeah, I know has never gone to synagogue. Uh, um, you can't wear leather shoes of any kind? You're not supposed to. You just wear sneakers. It's better. Yeah, so, but I don't, aren't most sneakers made of leather? Oh. Uh. No, but like most Nikes are made of. <laughs> but like I'm lost in Judaism is my pod. Like where Kaplan, that's the all it's another pod where like Kaplan explains yeah. Judaism yeah. to me. No, it's like one of those things where we don't enforce like so many rules, and then people arbitrarily decide this leather rule because in the old days I was considered dressing up. Wait, so I said I would up. go, and then Ali drops me the last minute. Oh, by the way, men and women can't sit together, and I can't oh, whoa, wear. This is like an Orthodox. And I can't wear sneakers. I mean, I can't wear shoes. So I'm like, wait, I have to put a suit and tie on. And you but can't wear... check out girls the whole time. You're supposed to be praying. I mean, this is a disaster. I we're, okay. I'm not fasting. Just I'm gonna be the person there with like a. Bolt with like a you stomach can't full of cereal. Pull out food in the synagogue. What about fruit roll-ups? <laughs> no, it's a liquid. No. It's <laughs> so, a fasting holiday for our international listeners who don't know. Yeah, we are lost in Jewish America right now. All right, that's it. Oh, last thing. Um, let's see. It's October 18th, New York Comedy Club. Come to see my show. We're doing a. This is a benefit show for Miami for all the hurricane people. And if you're too busy and you can't come that that night, watch Our Souls at Night on Netflix. And you're donating a portion no, of the proceeds. No, and to you're the donating the proceeds to the victims of the hurricane. From that night. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> That's it, Cap. What should we Get do? Get lost. Thanks, Blever, for doing it. Thanks for having me. Get lost. Get lost. I got an idea for a movie. 
and it goes like this. Check it out, it's about a boy who gets his finger caught in a bottle of Mr. Piff. Time inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.